All right, guys, we're here with Joey Molinero, more uh, probably commonly known as impersonation guy on TikTok. Um, you've probably seen his saving, his coach O. Joey, thanks for coming on. Right on, guys. Thanks for having me. You pronounced my name right, too, so uh, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> People mispronounce that? I mean, it seems like a pretty uh, simple name to get out there. Yeah, man, everybody wants to go with the um, kind of the soft A. They want to go with uh, Molinaro instead uh, of Molinaro. And, well, we're, um, yeah. We're Northeast, so you know, we got we got a lot of Italians where we're from. So. There you go. Yeah, you, you say Mario, or you say Mario, I say Mario, that kind of deal. <laughs> so I guess uh, the first question I want to ask is, like, when did you start doing, like, all these, like, impersonations? I'm sure you didn't start with Nick Saban or Ed Orgeron. Did you start somewhere else? Or? Yeah, so Andrew Luck was the first one that I've done that was like that. Um, I've done impressions, you know, pretty much my whole life. Just, like, I, like living room type impressions, right? Just uh, family members and things like that. But then being up here in Indy, Andrew Luck was the first one that was like, oh, dang, okay, I got it. So, um but, yeah, I put that one out there and uh, last March or so, and people took to it. And then ever since then, you know, he didn't do me any favors with retiring, which was all right, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, so then I had to find some other people to do. So so are you a Colts fan? Just, just No, I'm not. Uh, uh, okay. I, I covered them in my day job a little bit, but I'm not a, not a Colts fan. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I watched that um, Andrew Luck one this morning with the uh, Jim Irsay about how you're going to get him to come back. And yeah. dude, the voice is so spot on. I was like, <laughs> this actually sounds like Andrew Luck. Like, Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. He, um, I don't know. I don't know why I was able to, to knock that one out uh, as, as good as I could. But uh, yeah, I just listened to him so often, I guess. So I was able to pick up on it. <laughs> Oh, that's that's uh that's funny. So now, do you have a favorite college football team, or are you kind of like a neutral to it? I think I know the answer to this, but I had to ask anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I love all I love college football. It's it's probably my my favorite um favorite sport, honestly. Uh, it's it's just so great everything about it. Um, but I really two squads now. Uh, one one would be Purdue here, being in Indiana. Um, my wife went to Purdue. She cheered at Purdue. I know, humble brag there um, that I was able to marry a cheerleader, but uh, just spent a lot of time at Purdue. Um, but it's kind of nice because, you know, I root for them and they're my squad, but then I have, like, my actual squad that I root for. And I've hopped on the bandwagon, but I'm an LSU guy now because I fell in love with them and they're awesome and uh, Coach O's the best, obviously. And then all their fans and everybody are just – they're so nice and, like, they've, they've loved the stuff that I've done and everything. So it's been quite the opposite of Alabama. <laughs> So that's funny that you say that. Have like any LSU players or like coaches interacted with you on social media? Like I haven't, I haven't really looked into it. Um, yeah, I mean uh, the Honey Badger, uh, Tyron Matthew. He, what? He, he, yeah, yeah, he seems to like him um, a good amount. <laughs> and we were going back and forth for a little bit. I was like, oh damn, we're getting to be a little like online friends, uh, which was really cool. Um. And then current, I don't know. I, the only one I know about current is uh, Miles Brennan. He's going to be the starter, uh, the starting quarterback, filling in for Joe Burrow um, coming up in 2020. So I know that we follow each other, and, and he, he likes my stuff and everything. But other than that, I'm not I'm not sure. I haven't seen anybody else. 
That's cool. Miles Brennan's definitely going to be a stud, especially in the Coach O offense. But, uh, you know, I have a sneaky suspicion that I haven't seen you and Coach O in the same room yet. <laughs> so I think Coach O may just wear a costume and you're the brains behind the whole offense. Oh, man. No, I, 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 I wish. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, i got to stop that rumor from spreading. We are, we are not one and the same. But it is, it is my, all my goals, my checklist here in 2020 to hopefully just be able to run across Coach O, even if it's for 10 seconds to get to go Tigers together. So we'll see. Uh, that'd be awesome to compare them. Just to go Tigers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got to do that with Drew Brees out at the national championship, and his was pretty solid. So uh, I know it'd be even better with the actual Coach O. That's actually great. Yeah. Um, Matt, you had a uh, question, right? Yeah. So I mean, uh, like obviously the two big ones that I, I know you for is a Saban and Coach O, and you know because you know we're big football guys, like we know their voice, so they're like people you're doing them for, like, or if you're out doing the impressions who don't know who they are, like you have to like show them a video first and be like, this is who I'm pretending to be. And do they be like, Oh, like, wow. You're sounds pretty spot on. Uh, surprisingly because of how well Saban's been around around for so long and he's been so successful for so long that, you know, unless I'm talking to my great grandmother or something like maybe, <laughs> maybe that'd be somebody that would have to, but majority of the people, and you know, coach O is such a character and he had such a big year this year. And, you know, you can't not love coach O everybody just, I mean, every time my wife sees him do anything, she just is like, Oh my gosh, I love him so much. So, you know, he, he's somebody who kind of spreads around with everybody, but, um, uh, no, I haven't had to do that too much. And, and luckily, uh, the only time really that people, will say something like that out in public is they'll just be like, you know, go Tigers. And then I'll have to give them a go Tigers back and coach a voice. So it's been pretty fun. <laughs> uh, that's great. It's, it's funny that you said like your great grandmother. Cause like coach O is like a social media superstar. Like it's nuts. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, I, I tweeted at Joe Burrow the other night cause I was trying to get his attention because I saw that he did uh, his version of coach O and, and, uh, you know, I was like, let's do it then, man. You know, me and you, let's have a coach O off. He hasn't gotten back to me. I know he's pretty busy, but, uh, yeah, oh, I just, saw... <laughs> um, yeah, so I have, uh, two more quick things. Uh, one, how did it feel when, I mean, you have a wife, so you can't really answer this that much, but when Liv Coward quote tweeted you, cause that was pretty funny in itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I knew that that was obviously like, when she did that, you knew it was going to kind of pop off. And uh, my cousin, he's a senior in high school. Uh-huh. And he, he messaged me and was like, he messaged me his group message with all his buddies. And they were all freaking out because of what she said and everything like that. So to them, you know, I do something with Drew Brees. They don't care. But Liv Cowherd, just some social media girl who, you know, was a star on there. And her dad's Colin Cowherd. They freak out. So it was pretty yeah. funny. That was also a very funny video. I mean, I, most of your videos are funny, so I can't keep saying about all of them. But thanks, man. Um, yeah, that's 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 the goal. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, the other thing I was gonna ask is, uh, being a Coach O, a guy in the LSU stuff, have you ever heard the worm story with Coach O? Uh, maybe. For, re- refresh my memory. Uh, Matt, do you want to tell this one? Because I, I think you remember the details about this better than I do, but. He told me yeah, this once was, with his dad. I think when when he was a senior in college, he told this one on a part of my take. He said that oh, I'm trying to remember they were. Uh, uh, oh, 
shit, I'm trying to remember this whole story. Well, I remember what it boils down to is he gets to practice one day early, and uh, he's crawling around on the ground, and he finds worms, and he's putting them you know, in his mouth, and <laughs> the coach is talking about like you know, how they got to prepare for the upcoming games, and you know, even being good teammates and everything, and then he goes, all right, anyone else want to say anything? And coach always stands up, and he goes, oh, just like a, like a fisherman needs to get to fish to feed his family. You know, I want to win games, so I'm going to do everything to win games if it includes eating these worms. And he just pulled out, like, five to ten worms out of his gums. Oh, my God. That does yeah. sound familiar now. That's and such then, a crazy thing. Like, <laughs> That's why people love him so much. He's such a character, you know? Yeah, that's definitely something. Because I can't even imagine, like, seeing that at practice. Or, like, even hearing that now as a headline, I wouldn't believe it. Like, if someone said that. Yeah, um, are there any... be... go ahead. Oh, no, no, you, you can go first. You can go first. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, it was just a throwaway side comment. No worries, man. <laughs> I was just going to say, are there any uh, impersonations that you're working on or that we haven't heard yet? Yeah, working pretty heavily on um, Jim Harbaugh, um, just because people have asked me to do that one a lot, and I know that's just like a gold mine of stuff there. So trying to nail him down before the football season. He's pretty tough. Like, I don't know, his, his voice is weird, but uh, we'll see. But then that and then uh, trying to delve out into other things besides sports too. So Jimmy Fallon kind of working on a little skit idea of, of, of doing one about him and with him. So uh, those would be the two main ones right now, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So uh, before you go, do you want to hit us with uh, maybe a Go Tigers and a – Maybe a, a saving quote or something like saving? that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, what? Um, give me, throw me a scenario here for saving to talk about. All right. Um. Oh man. So someone's trying oh. to interrupt you running a football program. Oof. What? What do you? What? Hold on, how about what? Uh, what do you guys do for lunch today? All right. Uh, sub. What? All right. I, I had a sub. I had an Italian sub for lunch. You had Italian sub? Okay, from where? Uh, there's a deli down the street from us. Okay. Um, I had so, chicken wings. How about, how about you had chicken wings? Yeah. All right. How about Nick Saban ordering lunch from that sub shop? All right. All right. All right. Yes, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, I know you have to ask me if I want cheese or not, okay? But. I, I don't have cheese in my diet. I don't have cheese in my football program. All right, so I'm not going to ask or answer this question. I know it's your job across the glass to ask if I want the cheese, if I want extra mayo, but I'm not going to have mayo either. All right, just give me my Coke. Give me my six-inch sub. Let me take it back to Miss Terry, and everything's going to be all right. All right? Oh, I can't. <laughs> that was great. That is actually legendary. I mean, I mean I, I've seen the videos, obviously. I think it's different, like, when – when you're in the interview, like that just sounded so much more like him in the videos. That was great. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I think, go ahead. I think what was impressive about that was how you just on the spot, like had it ready. You could like switch into it so fast. Yeah, I mean, just he's just the most annoyed at all times. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. How about with Coach Joe? I'll do uh, some college football talk daily, right? Oh, I'd love this. That's yeah. That's that's a title. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, this is Coach Joe. You're listening to College Football Talk Daily. Go Tigers. I, I love that. That's <laughs> the intro from that one. That's the intro. 
Yeah, that might have to be. Um, that, that's probably going to have to be oh. a little bit at least. All right. Well, Joey, we appreciate you taking time out of your uh, probably busy schedule to come come and talk to us. Yeah, absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, we'll have to link up again before college football starts and uh, do it again. All right. Yes, yes sir. Absolutely, Joey. Thank you, man. Yep. Later. All right, guys. We are here with Mammoth defensive back, Tamir. Barry, Tamir, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so I know probably a couple of our guys, a lot of our followers, they might not know, but uh, Tymir, or he told us to call him Ty. Um, he's projected going to the NFL in this year's draft. So uh, we'll start with that. You know, how's that feeling? You know, get, having your name associated with the NFL is that like a little nerve wracking or? Oh man, uh, I think naturally, you know, when you go through this process, I think all of us are a little bit nervous. You know, just coming out of college and just all of this transition is. It's a lot, but it's something, you know, I've been dreaming about since I was a young kid. Um, not necessarily just the NFL itself, but, man, growing up playing all different sports, I was a, a basketball player, a football player, obviously, and I played a little baseball. So I always dreamed about being a professional athlete and just to have it at arm's reach, man, it's a blessing. But, you know, nerves come natural. If you're not nervous, you don't really care. So. And that was actually a really good answer. To, if you don't care, the nervous. So, yeah. uh, a lot of people probably... So I'm looking at your profile right now. All right. Sorry, sorry. This happens a lot to me. I warn you. Me and John always uh, interrupt <laughs> each other on questions. No problem, man. Um, no problem. But so I was just saying, I was looking at your profile. It says you were a uh, you were a quarterback in high school as well, right? Yeah, that's right, man. Um, I, I mean, I grew up playing as a, in Pop Warner. I was a running back all of my life. You know, I played all over the place. Um linebacker, running back, safety. I played all over the place, but once I got to high school, um, you know, we ran a triple option. So um, my coaches thought it was best for me to play quarterback, and um, I ran with it. You know, it worked out. I ended up starting by my, my sophomore year, and, uh, you know, I've been running with it ever since. So it worked out well. So when you got to – when you were getting recruited, did Coach Callahan ever bring it up like you were going to play quarterback, or was it like uh, already determined like he wanted you on the defensive side of the ball? No, it's funny, man, because uh, when he first started recruiting me, they came in and they told me they wanted to wanted me to play quarterback, and they knew I was getting recruited for basketball as well. So, you know, coming into college, I thought I was going to be able to come to Monmouth and be a two-sport athlete and, you know, play quarterback. And then as the process went on, they, they told me they wanted me to come in as a receiver, which I didn't mind because I was someone who, you know, I liked having the ball in my hand, scoring touchdowns and those things. So, um, I didn't mind that they wanted me to play. Um, they wanted me to play offense. So when I, my first season coming in, my first camp, uh, I did well. I was running with the ones and twos my first camp at receiver, but we needed some help on the defensive side. So I came in as a receiver, and um, you know, after my first camp, you know, a week before my first game as a true freshman, they they asked me to come over and, and, and help on the defensive side, and I wasn't too adamant about it. I wasn't really happy about it because I, you know, I was a quarterback. Mostly my uh, my high school career, I didn't play much defense until my senior year when they really needed me. So um, to hear that they wanted me to move to corner, I wasn't really happy about it. Um, but, you know, once I went through the process, we had a really good defensive coach at the time, Coach uh, Lakatos. He was just coming out of being a defensive back coach at Georgia, and he came here the following the following year. And he was it was his first year here at Monmouth. So um, he, he told me he was the one who asked Coach Callahan to move me to defensive back because he saw – uh, my ball skills and things like that. So I ran with it, you know, so it worked and it ended up working out. So I'm happy about the, the, uh, the switch over. 
Yeah, so just speaking about Monmouth, I know a lot of people don't really know where Monmouth is. It's a little bit of a smaller school. Right. Um, most people probably think there's only one big football school in New Jersey being Rutgers. Right. Um, you were talking about some of the coaches. Did you ever interact with uh, Coach Rotano? Coach Rotano? Yeah. Yeah, he was actually a really good coach. Um, he was a, our defensive line coach, I believe, defensive end. I forgot what specific position, but he was a defensive line uh, priority guy. And he, he was always a great guy. He was one of my favorite coaches when he was here on the staff. I, I believe he went to Rice a few years ago. But, yeah, Coach Rotano, he's a, he's a really good guy, man. I love Coach Rotano when he was here. Yeah, so uh, that was actually my linebacker's coach for my first two years of high school. Oh, wow. wow yeah. Small. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. I, I mean, I always show love to Coach Rotondo, man. He shows love right back, so that's good yeah. to hear, man. Yeah, he was definitely one of my favorite coaches, too, because I feel like if you would have put him in the pads, like, he would have been ready to go at any time. Like, Yeah, I agree, man. I agree, and he, you know, he, he showed that he cared about, the, about his players, and, you know, he wasn't my uh, position coach, but obviously um, I know him because he was on the staff, and he, he showed love to each position like he was coaching, you know. Great guy. Sure, sure. So uh, one, one more thing I, I wanted to talk about quick was uh, for the people who don't know about Monmouth and Monmouth football, what would you mm -hmm. tell them, like maybe a kid being recruited by Monmouth that doesn't necessarily know the area? Um, I would say, man, it's a it's a great, great place to go to school. Um, you know, our selling point here, you know, our coach is, is, is here on the beach. You know, you go to school right on the beach. We got, you know, housing right on the beach. And um, it's a great town. I mean, uh, really small, not really small, but small enough, but big enough at the same time where you get the university feel like, you know, you see students, you got on campus housing, off campus housing, and um, it's just a great place to go to school. I would say everyone's nice, everyone's welcoming. That's one of the things I noticed when I came here on my official visit. You know, I, I went on a few official visits and, um, you know, they, they welcomed me with open, open arms. And, you know, one of the things that we, um, prioritize here is like the family environment We're big on the family thing so it's definitely a great place to go to school definitely a small school though you know I've been all over the country and like uh you guys know I was at the hula bowl you know to mm -hmm. tell someone you know you're out there in Hawaii you go to a school a small school in New Jersey you know a lot of the times they don't really know uh where you went to school so it's just great to you know get some national attention on our school this past season you know going deep into well second round into the playoffs and things like that so this is a great place to go to school overall, I would say, for people who don't know. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I, I love this area. Uh, we, we go to school. We're both uh, students at Brookdale, so mm -hmm. uh, I agree. It's like Long Branch got that small town feel, but it's also not like the small, like typical small town like Ohio. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's a, it's a lot to do, you know, and who, who doesn't want to go to school near the beach? You know, summertime is always nice. So, you know, we get workouts in, and even in the winter, you know, we go down to the beach and we, we get to work out on the beach and things like that. So it's, it's nice. You guys know, Brookdale's not too far from here, so I know you guys understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, and the one thing is like, uh, we were just talking, because you just brought up the success you guys have had. And not only the mm -hmm. last year, you guys were, were, were good two years ago. Um, right. But I think, I think it was like, Kennesaw came in and you guys lost that game and that was for the decider for the Big South. But I mean, yeah. I've been going to Monmouth games for, uh, I'm trying to think, one of my first Monmouth games, Jim Harbaugh, one of the Harbaugh's was coaching at San mm -hmm. Diego. You know, that's how long ago it was. But wow. 
Um, a lot of the people when they hear the FCS level, they really don't think of it as you know like competitive football. But I'll tell anyone right now, like football, one football is football, you know, as anyone's right. eyes. But I mean, you go to an FCS game, you know, you're still seeing guys who, you know, they deserve to play at that level. You know, football right. at that level is still Division One football. So you know, if you just want to kind of like talk about that, like some of the guys you guys have played, you know, James Madison, obviously you guys ran into them. Uh, yeah. You guys went out to Montana or Montana State this year. It was one of them, right? Or yeah, Montana. Yep. Earlier, I, so, I mean, you you played against you played against upper echelon teams, so maybe you just want to talk about some of those teams where you know you can compare them to like guys you've seen at FBS and mm-hmm. you know the skill gap. It's not as much as people think there is, you know, as, uh, right. as much of a skill gap. You know, you guys just you know right there with them. Right, I think that's a great point, man. Not even this just this past season, but I mean, when I was a, a sophomore. Uh, I think we had uh, Liberty in our conference, Coastal Carolina, you know, teams that made that transition to go FBS. And um, we've since I've since I've been here, we've had great competition. I mean, uh, even our money games, you know, the big schools that we play, the FBS games that we have uh, scheduled the past few years. You know, we've played the Central Michigans, the, the Eastern Michigans, the Western Michigans. And um, obviously those guys um, go to bigger schools and things like that. But I think at the FCS level, you got guys. Um, who can play at that level it's just we all took a different route you know different different paths I, I don't think it's necessarily just the talent but I think it's just different paths that we end up where we end up and um, I think that's a great point because when I was out at the hula bowl um, there's a variety of guys you know and just the defensive back position alone you know we had guys who um, went to Oregon and BYU and Boise State and then you had guys like me who came from a D1AA school like Monmouth and had some success but then at the same time you had guys I had a guy from Westchester, which is a D2 school, and they, you know, they're pretty good. And I had another guy who uh, went to uh, California Lutheran, which is a D3 school. And to see us all out there together in the same uniform, it shows you that, you know, we're all studs. It's just we all had different paths to, to for, you know, where we ended up, where we ended up. But I don't think the talent uh, is any different. You know, you get the opportunity to play at those big schools. I'm, I'm sure it's a blessing, but I don't think it necessarily means you're any better than someone at a smaller school. And not even just D1, uh, FBS, and D1AA, but shoot, D, D2 and D3 as well, you know. There's studs all over the country. You know, I agree. I remember my first time going back, I think it was like two years ago, I guess, and I showed up and I was watching you guys warm up, and I saw Kenji warming up, and I said, man, I wish Kenji was suiting up a Rutgers because, you know, watching him throw the right. way he, especially under center, I was like, you know, this kid – you see a lot of guys at that level where you're like, you know, they could walk into a, you know a power five program right now or, you know, any kind of division one FBS right. and they would do just fine. Right. You know, guys like that. Right. I agree. And, and you hit on, uh, you know, we went out to Montana this past season and um, I think that, that, that conference alone, you know, those conferences in the Midwest and on the, uh, on the West coast, they get a lot more respect than we do as far as, uh, you know, powerhouse football, just in the FCS division alone. Um, because they, I don't know what it was, but I mean, the environment out there is ridiculous. I mean, you go out there and it feels like you're playing in, you know, a powerhouse stadium, you know, the, the stadium was filled from head to toe. I think it was projected to be 25,000, but it ended up being like 21,000. It just shows that, man, it don't matter where you play. You know what I'm saying? You can, uh, if you're doing what you're supposed to and you get the opportunity, man, the scouts and all of that stuff, it'll, it'll, it'll happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll find you. Right. All right. So uh, I just had one last thing, and then uh, if Matt has anything else, we can finish with that. 
Yeah. I was just gonna ask if you uh you know if you could take one moment from your Monmouth career that like it really settled in that like that's that was your moment at Monmouth, what would it be? Oh man. Um I could probably choose from a you know, a handful of moments. Um, What's from, from uh I would say, you know, coming <laughs> as <laughs> coming in as a true freshman and you know, like I told you guys before, I was expecting to be an offensive guy and then you know by my third game as a true freshman getting the opportunity to start that's a a moment for me that you know it was nerve-wracking and a blessing all in itself that's a moment alone but then you know taking it that far back I'll take it you know this past season where we're playing against Kennesaw for the for the Big South Championship and um, we're going into halftime I think it's about two minutes left and um, I get an interception and I return it for like 45 yards and uh, if you guys don't know uh Monmouth and Kennesaw, we've been playing each other in the Big South Championship the, the past three seasons, and they've gotten the best of us every single year. You know, we always get to that point in the season where we know, um, obviously, we're the two best teams in the conference the past few years, and we get to that point, and it's like a stalemate, and they, they always end up on top. And this year, we um, going into halftime, we had all the momentum, and I got the interception, I returned it for a touchdown, and I think we were up like 44-7 to 7 or something crazy like that, and it just solidified that, you know, we finally got the job done, and you know, we went on to win three more games to win the Big South outright. And I think that 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 moment right there, like it it was surreal. It was like when I was returning the ball, it felt like an outer body experience. You know, it was just one of those moments that I can't even it's hard to even explain. You know, I think that moment right there is one of my best moments. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't even imagine that after losing to them twice already. Or right. Right, you said uh, twice, right? You lost them. You played them three times, lost twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just finally getting over that, like that, that hump almost, like, and you being the one to like solidify it before halftime. Right. Right. Man. And yeah, like outside of those two moments alone, I'll, I'll take it to a different direction as far as the past two seasons. You know, um, if you got like I played as a true freshman. If you guys don't know, my second year I was ineligible, academically ineligible. So I was supposed to come back and be a true, true sophomore starting that corner and. I um, ended up being academically ineligible, so I had to sit out that year, and I ended up being able to use that year as a redshirt year. But then that following season, I came back, made second team all-conference as a um, a redshirt. I think sophomore was my third year, but I was a sophomore. Um, and then that following season, I was voted, voted as a captain by my teammates, and obviously this past season, I was voted again as a captain. So I think those two moments, um, you know, being voted as a captain two years in a row as a guy coming from someone who was ineligible, my teammates seeing, seeing like the progression and the hard work that I put in to get back and to make a statement. I think that that's another moment where I, I just, it was like surreal, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect anything or anything like that, but just to, to know my teammates, you know, you got to, 90 guys in one room and we all get to vote for someone to be a captain and for me to be one of the two captains that they voted for man it was it was unreal yeah and I, I just want to make one point about that and i got mm-hmm. one more thing I, I know i already said that but uh yeah no problem take your time i'm, I'm here i got time uh, with, with yeah academically ineligible i don't know if people probably aren't gonna know this but Monmouth is a really good academic school right Right. Like it, it's not that you were like you know you just couldn't do it. It's just mom mm-hmm. was a really good school, and with mm-hmm. football and all this, probably super demanding. Super, that's that's absolutely right, man. Like I told you, I came in and I was starting my third game as a true freshman. So knowing, I mean, people, for people who don't know, um, Monmouth is a great school academically, and um, coming in having that workload and football traveling and stuff, um, I fell behind, and then you know I, I had to deal with that. Um, being put in the paper and, you know, supposed to be coming back and being a, a true sophomore starting. And um, I had to deal with all of that, 
you know, throughout that whole year of being a sophomore and not being able to play, not being able to travel, but I was able to practice. So I put in that work and I, you know, I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to grind it out and do what I could to get back. And everything worked out perfect, man. If I, that moment right there, you know, it made me the man I am today. If I, no exaggeration, because, you know, it humbled me. You know, I came in as a true, true, true freshman playing right away and to, to going back to the bottom and not being able to play because of something that was my fault. So it humbled me, and, you know, it, had, it ended up being, a, you know, something that, that worked out well for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that must have been a crazy return. I can only imagine, like, mm-hmm. how happy your teammates were for you and how happy you were right. for yourself. Right, right. All right, so just the last thing I wanted to talk about quick and mm-hmm. then we're done is um, just the Shore Conference. Uh, a lot of people don't respect New Jersey yeah. uh, football. They say Texas, California, Florida. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some of the talent in the Shore Conference, and I'm sure you've played against some of these guys, it's right. been, like, insane in recent years, including you. Yeah, man. New Jersey doesn't get a lot of respect. And, you know, obviously they know about we know about the Texases and, and the Florida and even the Cali, they all of that stuff, man. But in New Jersey alone, the Shore Conference, you know, we don't get a lot of respect. Even, you know, the North Jersey, South Jersey battle, you know, North Jersey is known for the powerhouses, the Don Boscos, the St. Peter, all of those schools. But the Shore Conference, you know, we've never really gotten that respect, but we've always produced studs. I mean, I, I grew up playing with Mike Kosicki and all these guys that are, in the, you know, doing well. And, you know, some of them are in the league right now, man. It's just it's just a blessing to see, you know, how it all developed and to get the opportunity to to play high school ball on the shore and then um, end up playing my college ball on the shore as well, man, and getting to put on and be a homegrown guy and show kids that, you know, you. I was one of those people who, you know, people told me I had offers from the Mains and the Rhode Islands and I was getting recruited by bigger schools and things like that. And people didn't understand why I wanted to go to school so close or whatever the case was. But, um you know, I, I didn't really listen to any of that, obviously. So I just wanted to show people you don't have to, you know, if you got a, a school like Monmouth, you know, right in your backyard, you don't have to go across the country to prove to people that you uh, could be successful. You could you could stay right here and be a homegrown kid and, and, you know, do everything that you aspire to do. So I'm just trying to be an example for the younger guys coming up in the short conference and show them that you could, you know what I'm saying, you could make it happen from the shore. Sure. Well, uh, it- Oh, continue, continue. Yeah, I just had a quick question because you were just talking about guys you played with growing up. And, mm-hmm. I mean, just talking about, like, you know, Tom's River, that's, you know, that's where you're from. Mm-hmm. And you had the same town, and you you and Bryce Watts, right? You're, what, mm-hmm. the same age oh, as Watts? Yeah, yeah. Or you're older, maybe? Yeah, I think I might be – I think I was a senior when he was a sophomore. I, for, I forgot all about – yeah, Bryce Watts, you know, got the – Darian Carrington and, you know, those guys, like, yeah, I mean, I, that's right here in the short conference. We, he, I mean, that was, like, obviously one of the biggest robberies in Tom's River, the North-South robbery. So you had two guys, right, the, me and Bryce, and there was a whole bunch of guys, you know, that had the opportunity to go to the next level and be successful. So, yeah, I, I forgot all about my guy, Bryce. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ty, uh, thank you very much for coming on, man. I uh, appreciate it. Congratulations on a great college career. I mean, we're both sure that, uh, you know, it's not it's not over yet. Next level's you know, calling your name. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Uh, anytime you guys need anything, man, just let me know. I'm always here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, right, right, make sure to keep us updated on the uh, draft process, right? For sure, man. For sure, man. You guys right, be good. Best luck, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.